Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Welcome to the Bread of the Word podcast, a podcast striving to feast on God's Word and let the Bible speak to us all. Let us, as a former generation said, go ad fontes to the fountain and be nourished and sustained by all that God is. Let's dig in together. Hello and welcome back to the Bread of the Word podcast where we go ad fontes to the fountain, to the Word of God, to be nourished and sustained by all that God is. As he's revealed himself to us, my name is Tyler and we are continuing our trek through the book of Job. <clears throat> Job 14 has been rough. If if you've uh, looked ahead at all, we are still in the doom and gloom a little bit. Um, last week we were talking about death. We were talking about the eternal states, and that it's it's a it's a downer in the book of Job a little bit. A man dieth and wasteth away, and he giveth up the ghost. And where does he go? Come back next week. Okay, this is where we are. But we're continuing that trek, and we're fleshing out more of Job's theology of of death, of last things, as you would call it. This is, you might say, Job's eschatology. Not in the sense of the kingdom of Christ and um, the millennium and some of those things, but definitely Job's understanding of last things. Of what God has revealed to him about the end. Both of himself and of other things. And so we've dealt a little bit with death, and we're going to continue talking about death, really to the end of the chapter, honestly. And then we get to deal with Eliphaz again, so that's going to be fun. But uh, picking up in verse 12, which is where we left off last week, just for some, some flow here. <clears throat> so man lieth down, and riseth not, till the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Verse 13. Oh, that thou wouldst hide me in the grave, that thou wouldst keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldst appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will wait till my change come. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee, Thou wilt have a desire to the work of thine hands. <clears throat> That's the text today. That is that is all we're covering, is those few verses, because there's a lot packed in here, both in regards to previous verses in Job 14, and also how this ties into the New Testament. And so right off the bat, with verse 12, <clears throat> which we just came off this rough bit with death, and with this seeming uncertainty about where Job is going to end up if he dies. That a man dieth and wasteth away, 
Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fall from the sea, and the flood decayeth and drieth up, so man lieth down, and riseth not. Till the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. <clears throat> so we see almost this, almost a, a nihilistic kind of statement here that what happens happens almost, and there's there's no there's nothing after death. We die and we rot essentially is what it sounds like. But verse thirteen seems to change the tune, or at least look at it in a different light. And he says, "Oh, that thou wouldst hide me in the grave, <clears throat> that thou wouldst keep me secret." And that 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 sounds at first it sounds like a continuation of that nihilism, if there was a period there. But it's a comma. Until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldst wouldst appoint me a set time, and remember me. <clears throat> So there's there's an end to this 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 thing we call the grave. That this is a it's a, it's a season essentially. That it's a fixed passing of time, but it's not the whole time. That thou wouldst hide me in the grave. Matthew Henry put it beautifully and said that to the believer, the grave is a hiding place. And it is God who hides us there, and it's God who takes us out of there. It is His his grave he keeps under lock and key to let people out in his his designs his plans his will and to p take people in there likewise and job seems to affirm that <clears throat> that ultimately the times are in god's hands though job is living and though job is suffering and at times it's almost a living death those times are in god's hands just as much as it is in god's hands when job does die and yet for Job that death is a hiding not from God but by God that you would hide me in the grave and keep me secret until thy wrath is past and then he says they would appoint a set time and remember me <clears throat> and I believe that what we are foreshadowing here is a New Testament concept we talk about with the resurrection of the dead. I think this is a Old Testament shadow of something that is boldly proclaimed in the New Testament. Verse 14, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time. We keep seeing this phrase, appointed time. We saw this earlier in the chapter. All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to the work of thine hands. <clears throat> so, we're talking about an appointed time. We're talking about death. We're talking about going into the grave until an appointed time is accomplished. And then my change comes. And he says, Thou shalt call, and I will answer that there will be a communal component that continues after this change. I don't think we're talking entirely about death and the finality of death. I think we're talking about death, in Joe's mind, as being a temporary thing. 
that Job has hope, as he said earlier in the chapter. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it shall sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground. Yet th through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. And then we have a picture of the grotesque, harsh reality of human death. But man dieth and wasted away. He giveth up the ghost, and where is he? And we come right back around to until my appointed time will I wait, till my change come. That while there is hope for a tree, that the tree will sprout again, man does not do that, but man does something different than a tree that man sprouts up by the will of God man dies by the will of God but man sprouts back up again also by the will of God <clears throat> turn with me to Matthew chapter 12 for a brief sidebar Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees about signs. He has been asked to provide a sign. Um, this is part of a longer um, section of dialogue. I can't quite get into today. That's, that's too deep of a rabbit hole. <clears throat> but the question is, does Jesus work signs? Did Jesus do signs, perform miracles that he did because he was empowered and emboldened by God? or by the devil. That was an accusation that was lobbed at him. And he goes on to say that only one who is more powerful than than, than Satan can go into his house and plunder his, his belongings. But then in verse 38, then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Now we ask for a sign. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, which is the Greek equivalent of Jonah. <clears throat> so after the accusation that he has performed signs because he gains power from the prince of devils, They ask him for a sign. And Jesus says, no. But not just no, but no sign shall be given, but the sign of Jonah. Verse 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. <clears throat> so he give, he says, no sign will be given but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as the Son of Man was in, in the, just as Jonah was in the whale's belly for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And Nineveh shall rise. So again, we've got this this resprouting, this this resurrection language. <clears throat> Nineveh shall rise at the latter day and condemn this generation. 
So Jonah is presented by Jesus as being a promise. A promise of what? A promise of raising. A promise of being resurrected. And so if we look at Jonah 2, the prayer of Jonah in the whale's belly, or the fish, however you want to slice that, because I, I read the King James, it says fish in Jonah, Jonah 1, but then it says whale in Matthew 12. And so however you want to work through that in your mind, I, I have other things to do. <laughs> Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Just a moment ago we read in Job, Thou shalt call and I will answer. But here the, the picture is, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. He answered me. Thou heardest my voice out of the belly of hell, he says. For thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. And then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went to the bottoms of the mountains, and the earth with the bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. And so if Jesus is... <clears throat> leaving the Pharisees with the sign of Jonah. This is the sign of Jonah. That th This picture of Jonah's estrangement. When he talks about going down into the depths. When he says from the belly of hell. This, this picture is a promise. Because Christ went to death. It, was, it says he was obedient even to death on a cross. That Christ died where we should be. Where we should have gone. <clears throat> and that is that is the picture of Jonah. Is that I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. And so Jesus goes into the heart of the earth. Into the belly of hell. Why? That he would taste death. For all men. That he would offer his life in exchange for ours. And the justice of God was satisfied in Christ. If we look at the, the cry of Jonah here, there he says nothing of being taken out of the fish, out of the whale. He doesn't ask to be rescued. And I think that's because he recognizes that he is where he deserves to be. That his, that his circumstances are just. That he is where he is because God is just. And likewise, Christ went down into the grave because God is just. And just like Jonah, who is... As it says, he went to the bottom of the mountains. He went into the belly of hell and cried out... It says, Thou hast brought me, brought up my life from corruption. <clears throat> it 
So Christ goes into the, the belly, into the heart of the earth, and is raised out of it again. And this is in Jonah. Not just because it's about Jonah, but the pictures are a promise. This is part of the promise that the believer has in Christ, is that Christ was raised. The sign of Jonah is that Christ went into, went into death. That he went into the heart of the earth and was raised three days later by the hand of God. That just as Job cries out to be hidden in the grave until the appointed time has passed, until thy wrath has passed, so Christ did. Was hidden in, in the grave, was hidden in the earth until his wrath was satisfied. And what does this what does this have to do with Job? Because we are told throughout the New Testament that Christ is the first fruits. We're told that he's the firstborn among many brethren. We're told that he is that we are co heirs with Christ because he has seated us in heavenly places. In first Corinthians fifteen, verse twenty, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, after that they that are Christ's at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So when we read Job, when we read Job's description of death and the promise that there is hope of a tree, that it shall sprout again. And we see that man shall be raised by God and have continual communion with God when that change comes. What is foreshadowed in Job, what Job knows in part, is boldly proclaimed to us in the New Testament. What Job sees as a great mystery, Paul boldly proclaims in 1 Corinthians 15. So if we skip down to verse 51, 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall all and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. <clears throat> so with Job, we have a promise of a change, and Paul boldly proclaims it. This is what we have in Christ. This is what Job anticipates. This is what Job looks ahead to. But we have it spelled out for us in the New Testament that this is no longer a mystery. This is no longer unsure. This is a sure thing we can count on. Because if Christ is not raised, the dead shall not be raised. And so if Christ be not raised, Paul says, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. That is how central this is. And so because Christ is raised, Job will be raised. And because Christ was raised, we will be raised. This picture we have in Job is not just for Job. This is the reality that every believer anticipates. This is what we look ahead to. Because thou shalt call, and I will answer thee, thou wilt have a desire to the work of thine hands. We're told in the book of Philippians to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who worketh in you to work into will for his good pleasure. Likewise, we're told in Isaiah 64 that though our righteous deeds are as filthy rags, you, O Lord, are our father we are the clay and thou art our potter and we are all the work of the hands <clears throat> so likewise here with Job's concept of the resurrection with Job's understanding of the future God has a desire to the work of his hands it is God who does these things it is God who raises it is God who continues these things so when he says that a man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more they shall not awake nor be raised out of their sleep that is a picture of what the man does within his own power <clears throat> the man is not able to raise himself the man is not able to rise the man simply lieth down but it is God who raises it is God who gives life anew it is God who raises the dead, who calls men out of the grave. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. This is the promise that Job clings to. <clears throat> though his sufferings have been likened to a living death, <clears throat> though he has cursed the day he, is, he, was, he was born, Though he has lamented, why was I not a stillborn? Why was, why was I not taken out of this world before I could suffer? We get here, and he is anchored in the fact that one day, all this will be passed, and I will rise by God's power. He shall hide me in the grave and keep me until the appointed time, and then he will raise me. And he shall call, and I will answer. And we will have communion together anew. This is a fact that every believer 
can cling to. This is not just for Job. It's not just for Jonah. It is for every Christian. Because this is where we are going. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bread of the Word podcast. Bread of the Word is a podcast ministry striving to feed people the wonderful words of God, book by book, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse, striving to let the word speak for itself. This ministry is also a member of the Truth and Love Network, a diverse fellowship of fellow podcasts of different theological backgrounds united in the gospel of God. For more from the Bread of the Word podcast or the Truth and Love Network, check out the links below and follow us on social media. Until next time, God bless. Matthew 4.4.